What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Part of the family. Let's step into the ring. Welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. And now, Joe Pizzapia. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to In This Ring, the greatest wrestling podcast in the history of the universe. It's you and it's me, and we're talking all things wrestling here on the In This League podcast network. Don't forget, join the ITL army over on Patreon today and subscribe to In This Ring wherever you get your pods. We are everywhere. The greatest wrestling show ever. Of course, it's everywhere. So today, got a lot to break down. We had not one but two major events over the last two weeks. Took a little week off for the holiday. I did enjoy uh, the little respite that I had, but it's time to get back and talking wrestling. Also, could we possibly be seeing some AEW people starting to jump back to WWE? I want to get to that in a moment. But first, let's get to the thing that we've all been waiting for, which is Survivor Series. War Games! And look, man, let me tell you. Uh, this crowd was there for one reason and one reason only. They were there to see the men's war games match. They didn't really care about any other thing going on there in Boston. All they cared, and I can't blame them, was for the Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, Uso moments. And they got them. I mean, we got to start there because that's the lead. We have to start there. You know, WWE has taken a, a lot of hits over the years for lack of long-term storytelling. And I feel like the bloodline has made up for all of that and then some. The long-term storytelling of Roman Reigns, if you go back to during COVID, his return towards the end of the COVID era, him turning heel, then going into this string of matches, whether it be the matches he had with Jey Uso, which were all very good, the matches with Kevin Owens, the matches with uh, Cesaro, the building of Roman Reigns into this Mafia Don head of the table character and all 800 and whatever many days it is today. It's been fantastic. I mean, it's it's hard to imagine this day and age that after more than two years of being champion, we're not sick of Roman Reigns being champion. I'm not. I want to see somebody else be champion because I think it's time to build new stars and it's a great opportunity with WrestleMania around the corner and he's not going to get to a thousand. I don't think he's going to. But it's been great. And then this wrinkle, this this joke throw-in thing with Sami Zayn, who's made the most of it, has been even, I would say, not greater, but I would say at the parallel level. Because it's given a whole other dynamic, it's made it fun, it's must-watch TV. They come out, you're waiting to see a Sami Zayn going to crack up the guys, like he's been doing. And he has done many times, and it's been great. You could tell they're having fun doing this storyline. And I thought maybe this was the moment where we were going to get, oh my goodness, this is where Sammy gets kicked out and this is where it hits the fan. But we're pushing it even further, which is great because the further we push it, the more tense it becomes for all of us watching it because we know at some point it's going to go bad. How it goes bad, when it goes bad, I don't know. It's got to happen soon. My guess is sometime around January, the Royal Rumble. 
but it's been so great. So we're going to recap Survivor Series, but we have to start with the last match, which was very good. It was very entertaining. Of course, you had the Brawling Brutes, you had the Bloodline, you had Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, the whole thing. And it was very good. Um, the, the, the vignettes leading up to it also, where, you know, you, you plant the seed in SmackDown where he's talking to Kevin Owens. He lies to Jey Uso about it. Jey Uso calls him out that on the pay-per-view, this is what you do. I mean, this is like putting these little pieces together at a time. It's building such magnificent tension and it's so fantastic. The way that they're doing this and the way they're doing it a piece at a time. It's like a little Lego brick here, a little Lego brick there. Next thing you know, it's this magnificent building. And then Roman having to call him in and looking Sami Zayn in the eye before the match, before going out there. And then the moment where you figure, well, Jey Uso starts, well, Jimmy's going to go in next. No, no. Roman Reigns pulls him back. Simple little touches like that. No words. Just a little moment there shared where it's, hey, Sammy, you go. And then you have that great moment where Sammy gets super kicked accidentally. And he still saves Jey Uso later. And then, of course, the fantastic moment where you have Sammy Zayn hold the referee's arm. And looking into the eyes of Kevin Owens. And then you know it's on. And it's just, it's fantastic. And finished off by the most magnificent finish too. Where he gives him the haluva kick. He lays him out there for Jey Uso. Here you go, Jey. You get the big moment. You make the pin. And then the hugs afterward from Roman Reigns. And the hug with Jey Uso heard around the world. With Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Just, just, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. Oh, I wish Nate Bush could have seen this. He would have absolutely loved this storyline. He would have loved what's going on with Sami Zayn. This would have been so fantastic. And it's just so great to watch. And then of course, you know, the next night on Raw, it's carrying over and it's going to all go sour. They're planting the seeds too. KO coming out, planting the seeds too. Eventually, you know, you realize you're not their family. So we don't know how it's going to go down yet, but it's definitely going down. There was a rumor or it seems like you know, in that slapping exchange between KO and Roman that uh, KO might have slapped Roman too hard and hurt his eardrum, maybe a little heat there. I don't know. We'll see if you buy that or not. But at the end of the day, this crowd was kind of lame, to be honest with you. They were up for the first match and they were not into anything else, pretty much. Even though, I'll get to it in a second, the Theory match was fantastic. Talk about shot out of a cannon the last five minutes of that match. But everyone was there to see one thing. Boston's an okay wrestling crowd. It's not as good as... Philadelphia or Chicago or New York, especially. Uh, but it's it's a it's a good wrestling town, but not great. And they showed it because they were really not into anything else. And I, I get it. I, I understand the Sammy Roman stuff. This was it. I mean, this this is what we all been waiting for and we couldn't wait to get to it. And it was all really well done, well orchestrated. That being said, the rest of the pay-per-view was meh, except for one other match. So let's go back and backtrack to the beginning because the last match was an A. The last match was so good that it really doesn't matter what else happened because everything else was <laughs> was fine to not fine. But that last, you know, everything was worth it. And, you know, it's it's funny when we want something and it pays off where we often get disappointed most of the time. But Triple H is not disappointing us. He keeps giving us what we want. So the women's match was good. A couple blown spots here. It looked like EO had a moment too where she... Um, had trouble with her hand. You know, she does that, that move all the time where she goes off the top rope, comes back down with her knees. 
and she couldn't get her hands straight. She couldn't get like a good grip on something going on there. And you could tell after she was favoring that hand and then it was wrapped. So again, after war games, you don't know what's gimmick and what's not. I give them so much credit because not only do they work on Saturday and war games, they worked on Sunday and on Monday. So there was a lot going on there. The women's match was good. Um, I'd say it was a B plus match. It was not the best of the women's war game matches I've seen. You get Becky to get the big moment. Uh, I would say Nikki Cross came out good from this match. Uh, Rhea Ripley comes out good from this match. Uh, EO always comes out good no matter what she does. But I thought that especially Nikki was fun. You know, letting this Nikki Cross character climb up the top of the, the cage, letting her, you know, climb up the small cage and be just this bizarre, insane character that people are going to gravitate to because it's fun and she's enjoying doing it. Uh, MVP of the match, Dakota Kai for taking an ass kicking from everybody as she always does. And by the way, on Raw Monday night, a great match with her and uh, Candice LeRae. They gave them a long time. I was a little worried because it started off where you really went right to commercial and the picture in picture. I was like, oh man, they're really burying this match. And then they let them go. And Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai put on full display what they're capable of. It was awesome. It was a great match. One of the better women's matches I've seen in a while on one of the regular shows. So if you haven't, check that out. It's very good. Really good stuff there. Good to see Candice getting some quality TV time. This was like a B plus, A minus. I, I would say B plus because they had one or two high spots. But, you know, going back to some of the NXT women's matches, you know, that great turn they had with Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, the EO trash can, like it had more memorable moments than other ones. The last one was not as good. They did an NXT. This was better than that. Again, B plus, A minus, somewhere in that range. Uh, AJ Styles, Finn Balor went on a little too long for me. I actually had really high expectations for this match. I remember a couple years ago when Roman was sick and he couldn't make that match and they ended up getting the demon last minute with AJ Styles. That was a phenomenal match. It was only two years ago. So I don't know if these guys are just not the same guys they were two years ago, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, some of us age differently. It just seemed to just not quite have the same pizzazz. Uh, after all the other stuff with the uh, the Judgment Day and OC kind of took itself out of the match, I thought, okay, well, maybe now it'll get better. And it just kind of, I don't know. This was B-minus material for me. And maybe my expectations were too high, but I just thought these are two guys who know each other so well. I was I just, What they did last time was so great. It just didn't do it. Uh, and then speaking of not doing it, Ronda Rousey for Shotzi Blackheart did not do it. And apparently they brought Brian Kendrick back who had been released from WWE for some weird conspiracy theory, nonsense, uh, anti this, anti that stuff. I guess Ronda, you know, had trained with him. So she wanted him for this match. So they gave him a little, you know, okay, let's see what happens. He ain't getting hired back after this match. Cause it was bad and they didn't set it up for, it was too long for what it needed to be. The spot in the crowd was good. Ronda completely blew a spot and it looks like a Shotzi's fault, but really it's Ronda's fault. We're supposed to take that DDT off the apron there. And she just, she held onto the ropes. So she wasn't able to go down with the move. You know, Shotzi is um, <clears throat> piss and vinegar and fun, and a lot of personality. And she's, she gives an incredible amount of energy and effort, but she is not as smooth in the ring as a Candice LeRae or a Dakota Kai or any of those gals. She doesn't have the same raw athleticism of those women. Uh, once it got back into the ring, it was okay, but this whole thing just, it was bad. And the crowd was not into it either. The crowd definitely was, this was the dead zone for the crowd and possibly the wrong match. I mean, maybe you put this up at the top. 
I understand bookending the war games, but you had to understand that after women's war games, everything was kind of going to be blah, a little bit. But luckily, we got a fantastic match after this. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus Austin Theory. This was an A. This was an absolute banger of a match. Started off good, ended great. Fantastic finish here. A couple times where I thought it was going to go a different way too, which I love. I, I was hoping Theory would win it back, and he did. I know people don't like it sometimes. I don't like it sometimes when the belt goes back and forth. But look, we got to where we're supposed to be, which is Austin Theory feels different, feels like a star. He is a star. He is one of the bright, shining talents in this business. I'm excited for him. This is a great finish. The Falcon Arrow into the spear, into the cover was awesome. Was one of the best finishes I've seen to a match. And I'll tell you what, the um, the whole Hurt Lock, when he had both guys at one time twice, that was great too. So I thought, oh man, there's going to be a weird finish that way. So overall, this was... <sighs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I want to give War Games an A- minus <laughs> because the end was so damn good. So I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. It's an A-. minus. The end was so damn good. The theory match was so damn good. The women were very good. Some dead spots in between, but that's fine. It didn't stay at the dance too long. Let's get to full gear, shall we? Yes, full gear. So in the opening of this, you had uh, you had Ricky Starks beat Brian Cage, by the way, for the uh, tournament semifinal there, which is smart because Ricky Starks is going to be that guy we're going to get and we're going to try to build up. It's it's funny. It's taken this now to get to a point where it's like, boy, we got to put the belt on MJF. We got to start using our young stars. We got to start doing this now because, you know, all this drama with the elite and CM Punk and all this stuff going on. Well, I wish it didn't take all this because now it feels really forced. And when I left you last time, I said, I was like, kind of, I would be surprised if they put the belt on MJF. It just felt like this match had no heat. The regal turn just seemed too simple. And I guess that's just what they did. And it was fine, but we'll get to that in a second. So Ricky Starks is the right guy to win. I want to build up Ricky Starks. I like Ricky Starks. You got something in Ricky Starks. Jungle Boy goes over in Luchasaurus in a steel cage. Okay, sure. Right. The five foot nothing. Jungle Boy Jack Perry goes over on Luchasaurus, who's a big giant building dinosaur man. Whatever. Ugh. Then we have the Elite versus Death Triangle. And I was worried about this one too, because as good as this is and fun with all the flippy flippies, if you like the flippy flippies, this is for you. And I like some of the flippy flippies. I like the flippy flippies when it's, and it's intense flippy flippy, when it looks like it hurts, when we're trying to hurt each other. Not when it looks like we're, okay, everybody, I'm going to stand here for eight minutes waiting for you to set up for this move. And we're going to just stand there and look up like we can't move or do anything. That's the flippy flippy I don't like. Ricochet flippy flippy good. Will Ospreay flippy flippy good. Sometimes the elite and the death triangle, a little flippy flippy because we're trying to do it. I love Ray Phoenix to death though. Death Triangle actually retained, which was the right move. The wrong move is this old best of seven now. So now you're telling me for seven weeks I have to watch the same match? And I know the Elite just lost another one in Chicago. We could talk about that too. You know, it's funny. We had this thing where they said, oh, you know, we're it's over and done with. We're moving on and all of this. And then the Elite go and they put the FCM Punk chance in their little 
you know, their little social media thing. And then, of course, they go to Chicago and they get the inverse where it was F the elite. But it's funny, as EVPs, aren't you supposed to be better than this? Like, I get it. You're trying to get heat. I, I understand it's a weird line to walk back and forth. But if your EVPs at the end of the day and you say you're moving on, should you just move on? I don't know. Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli versus Sammy Guevara. Chris Jericho retains, of course. This is what we're doing. Okay. I don't know where this is going. We're going to make Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho a thing? Okay. Then we had Soraya versus Britt Baker. And from all accounts, this was not great. Um, it was, I think, a bigger deal for her. <laughs> it, the problem is, when you have this triumphant comeback in a place you never worked before, it doesn't feel like quite the triumphant comeback. And it felt like a very mediocre match from all accounts. And I'm not surprised. She hasn't been in the ring doing a whole lot. And they're probably being very careful. From what I saw of it, I also think that you, you keep the netbreaker spot for later in the match. You don't do it up front. That, that, if you're going to do it and you're going to play that, you do it towards the end of the match and build some drama into it. You don't do it up front early on. And I like Britt Baker. And I like Paige. I really like Britt Baker. But there's something that just feels flat about all of this in AEW. We'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. Warlow versus Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe retains versus Powerhouse Hobbs too. Don't want to leave out Powerhouse Hobbs. We'll see where all that's going. Sting and Darby Allen defeat Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal in, you know, a classic TNA match. <laughs> Tony Storm drops the belt to Jamie Hayter, who is no longer interim women's champion. She's women's champion about time. Stupid interim things. If you can't wrestle, you give up the title, period. That's it. Unless you're a huge star. No offense, Thunder Rose is not a huge star. Tony Storm should have been champ. It kind of sucks that she was interim. And now Jamie Hayter's not. I love Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter should be champ. It feels a little quick, though, that we have this Tony Storm thing. But you know what? The fans are embracing it. Go with it. This was a good turnover pay-per-view. Jamie Hayter, right? Turning the page a little bit to Ricky Starks. Um... Turning the page a little bit here with Jimmy Hader, MJF makes sense. And of course, turning the page to Chris Jericho, of course, you know. The acclaimed versus Swerve in our glory. I know we're still pushing back and forth on what's going to happen with, I mean, it's going to take so long for these two to break up. I don't know what's going to happen. The acclaimed are fun. I enjoy the acclaimed. That's it. And then we have MJF finally becoming champion. And you know, it's sad that the press conference post MJF was probably more entertaining from the match than the match was. Uh, I'm not the biggest John Moxley guy. I never have been. And when he's left to his own devices, I always feel like it's the worst of the John Moxley. As Dean Ambrose, with the right guy in the ring with him, you could have good matches. He hasn't really had that here in AEW. So MJF, for better or for worse, is now our champion, and that's great. What drives me crazy is he is not on Wednesday Dynamite. How in the hell was he not on after he wins the... You have a title change where you put it on one of the pillars. This The biggest star in your company is not on. And I guess, you know, he had said, look, I'm off to go film. You know, I'm a movie star. I'm going to film that stuff. But geez, Tony Khan, you couldn't get send a private plane for him for Dynamite for a couple hours. I mean, you gotta have him on the show. Instead, you have William Regal getting told by John Moxley to run and never come back. Well, guess what? He might run right to WWE. You know, his son is an NXT... He only went there because he had no choice, you know, 
and him and Triple H are close. There's rumors that his deal goes to 2025. There's rumors that his deal is up next year. I don't know who to believe. But it would be fun to keep Regal with MJF for a little while at least. But I think if William Regal said to Tony Khan, you know, look, my son's there. I want to, I'd like to go back. Would you let me go? I think Tony Khan would let him out. And I think he would be great going back to NXT of being the general manager there. They need somebody like that there. It brings some weight. Speaking of other people maybe moving backwards to WWE, not moving backwards, actually. I think we would be moving forward. Dax Harward confirmed that the FTR's new contracts are up in April. Hmm, right after WrestleMania. That's fun. They said they might just go and have some fun and book themselves wherever they want for a year and take a year off. You know, go backpacking in London and uh, in the Swiss Alps or something. I don't know. Find themselves. They'd be crazy not to go take big WWE money and then go do that afterwards. Like when you're lesser wrestlers three years from now. If the FTR was smart, they would go there because they could have matches with the Usos. They could have matches with the Street Profits. They could have matches with the Viking Raiders. The, the tag team division will be a thing again post-April. And it's clear we're going for the Usos, Sami Zayn, uh, KO match. And when KO and Sami take those belts off, that's great. Then we can have them implode. We could do that storyline. And then you can have, whether it's one belt or there's going to be belts on both Raw and SmackDown, FTR back in WWE is where they should be because they're just not appreciated in AEW. Now, I'm looking forward tonight. We have Dax Harwood and, and uh, Brian Danielson for no good reason, which I don't need a reason. I just want to watch the match. It's fine. I'd like some more reasons. I don't know what the hell we're doing with Wardlow, for God's sakes. Makes my head hurt. Wardlow felt like the biggest star in the company besides MJF a couple months ago, and now he just feels like an afterthought. I have no idea what we're doing there. NXT is announcing the Iron Survivor stuff going on last night. So we'll see what that whole hoo-ha is about. Uh, there was a fantastic match, by the way, two weeks ago on NXT. Go check it out. Wes Lee, formerly of MSK, versus um, my boy Carmelo Hayes. And it was a great match. And then after the match, Dijak returns. Yes! Huzzah! Dominic Dijakovic is back. He looks like a million bucks. He's not T-Bar anymore. He's Dijak, which is what he used to be before he was Dominic Dijakovic. And I love it. I'm here for it. I'm excited to see him there. Let him build himself up. That's the guy to take the belt off Braun Breaker, move Braun Breaker up in the next couple months. That's the dude. So I'm excited about that because that guy is a monster. And that's how we're going to build him up and recreate him. That's exciting. So that's good. Lots of good things happening in wrestling right now. This is typically a time in wrestling, too, where it gets a little meh. You know, just kind of, you know, you're sleepwalking your way, basically, to the end. You're sleepwalking your way to the new year, and then you have that fresh start, right? The fresh start where we get to uh, WrestleMania season and the Royal Rumble. But it feels anything but. It feels like Raw is hot right now and SmackDown is hot right now. And I want to see what LA Knight and Bray Wyatt have going on because I love LA Knight. I think it's a great, bizarre mashup of people. I love what's going on with the bloodline right now. Like WWE's got a lot of good stuff right now. And AEW finally put the belt on MJF. So I'm here for that too. I want to see where it goes. If we're going to feed Ricky Starks to him first, that's fine. I think that's a perfectly good situation. And then we'll see what happens with CM Punk. Still don't have any clarity there. Don't know what's going on there with Mr. Punk. But I will say this. If after all of this, 
it turned out to be some kind of big giant work and CM Punk comes back and he faces MJF, which is when this happened a month ago or two, whatever it is now, I said, this is what they should do. Everybody should be grown ups and say, we can make money off this. Let's all just shake hands and come back in a couple, you know, in nine months and, and do this and make money. If they're smart enough and men enough to do that, it could be great. I don't think that's going to happen, but we shall see. But you have so many possibilities now. You have a Cody Rhodes returning in a few months too at the Royal Rumble. It's going to be great. I'm super excited, as everybody should be. NXT starting to upswing a little bit. Austin Theory isn't buried after all. He is getting reset, and he looks like a star. He comes out with Seth Rollins the other night on WWE Raw. He looks like a star. The Usos are stars. The Bloodline. Solo Sokoa, by the way, I am remiss. You want to talk low-key MVP of war games for the men? It's not Jay. It's not Sammy. It's not Roman. It's not KO. It's not Drew McIntyre. It's Solo Sokoa. Solo Sokoa looks like a million bucks, man. That guy is the real deal. What an excellent transition. He gives me all the feels of young Samoa Joe in every way. He's so good. He's so believable. Is he the biggest guy, the most, the best body? None of that. Nope. But does he look like he's going to kick your ass? Hell yeah, he does. That's good. I like it. I'm here for it. Solo Sokoa, low-key MVP of war games. Let's go. So as you can see, it was an exciting time for wrestling. It's an exciting time to be alive, and we'll see what happens with MJF, hopefully tonight on Dynamite and some other things we're going to get here with AEW going forward. But wrestling is not quiet. Not going out sleepy for once in December. No, no, no. It is red hot going into the new year soon. Very exciting times. Make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at in this ring at Joe Pisa PS 17. And again, check out the ITL army over on Patreon for in this league. I'll do it for me, Joey P. And that's the bottom line. Cause Joe P said so. Sammy Uso. Sammy Uso. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.